OG Turtles. Hi, Bam Bam. <laughs> You're fast. <laughs> Volume, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me out there? Can you hear me out there? You see, you're fast too. <laughs> huh? Huh? What? Yeah, you can hear me now. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, Amy. Hi, baby. <laughs> it's already hot dang it's already hot where you're at i was looking at your weather and i was like oh my gosh Annie, i don't know how you do it girl i would have to be buying bp i would have to be buying that that loony stuff and putting it all over my body in arizona i would be like oh my gosh yes welcome why s i can't read all those little letters why s k i kid why s kid r m h <laughs> Oh, I didn't even do this. See, I'm not even used to this right now. Let's start. Hello and welcome to the Dina Joe podcast. I am DJ Dina Joe, your friend, coming to you from colorful Colorado. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Y'all are best. If you're listening on the download, thank you. And hit that follow button so you can join us live today because I have the best people in the chat. As always, the best. And I don't know why the music isn't playing. Um, let's see. So today, why is the music not playing? That's really weird. Huh. Okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> now it's playing. So today is Monday, July 17th. Now that I don't need it anymore, I'm going to see if I can turn it off. Um, July 17th. Um, today, it's currently 64, they're saying right now in Denver. Sunny. We are under a heat advisory today, people. We're not used to the triple digits, um, and it's supposed to be in the triple digits. So um, I guess uh, there's cooling stations that they have po have popped up around um, the city uh, because, we're again, we're not used to that. Do they do that? Um, I didn't get a chance to look, but do I'm guessing that they have those out in Arizona, too, since it gets really super hot. Um, I can't imagine that some people would live without air conditioning, but maybe some do. I just remember growing up in California when it was super hot, like they would have the library, come to the library, or they would open up pools and stuff um, for free because um, it was hot. So anyway, take care of yourself. Drink a lot of water if you're out in the sun, um, if you're in the humidity uh like our friend um, Tuttle's holy moly it's, I think it said 71% humidity for you guys um today so yeah that's crazy um so a couple of things um tomorrow my little angel Ava has to have surgery she has to have her tonsils and adenoids out so um 
if you could just keep her in your thoughts and prayers, I'd appreciate it. 81% humidity where you're at, Yancey? Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh, you need some Lumi too. <laughs> you need Lumi. <laughs> that Lumi. Put it on all your cracks everywhere you're supposed to have. Oh my gosh, Dina, that just... Anyway, moving on. Um, so she's having surgery tomorrow um, in the morning. Um, pray for mommy too. I, I remember those going through that and it's stressful when it's your little kid and you know there's nothing you can do you have to give control over to somebody else and so um yeah pray for her and um yeah that's about it so i'm kind of going back to back in the olden days like my third or fourth show i had like motivational mondays and i don't know how that kind of got away from it but i'm gonna i'm kind of go back to that motivational mondays and Today, after I get to the weather, I have a story that Hanny shared with me that's um, touching. So I wanted to go back to doing that. And then on Wednesdays will be like a fun kind of, I don't know, we'll do the funny phone calls and maybe play a game or something like spin the bottle. I don't know. We'll play a game. And then Fridays will just be um, sports and um, fun. So yeah. I mean, hi, Mike. How are you? I'm trying to get on a schedule and do kind of be consistent with things. So we'll see how that goes. So with weather, I didn't see Ryan. So Ryan, we're going to skip you and we're going to move on to Wellen. Like I told you, um, he's 72 and sunny, expect sunny skies, 80. They say it's going to be an 80, um, high of 80 and a humid day at 71%. Um, for BP, 75, mostly sunny, a high of 85 gosh, I can't believe you're at 81% humidity. And then BP, you're human too. You guys must have nice, nice skin. Hi, GP man. Like a baby's bottom, no wrinkles, nice soft skin. Um, and then for my beautiful girls in Arizona where it's freaking hot, I'm Tucson currently 84, mostly sunny with the high, um, they're saying of a 106. Excessive heat warning remains in effect until 10 p.m. And then it also says um, for Tucson, blowing dust advisory. And in fact, um, from 1 p.m. this until 10 p.m. tonight. And then Phoenix, 93 currently. Current, gosh, it's just so early and it's 93. Um, with the high, you two um, will also be at 106. Um, excessive heat warning again um, until um, around 8 p.m. Um, on Friday. So you're just going to be hot, hot, hot. So drink a lot of water, drink a lot of liquids, be um, hydrated. So, all right. So I am going to, if I can get this to play, yeah, I played, um, do the word of the day and, uh, and all that good stuff. And the word of the day that I have for y'all today is, um, Hold on a second. I'm trying to get all this situated here. I'm trying to get it a little lower, but not super low. All right, there we go. I was just telling Nancy I need to drink more water. You do need to drink more water. I have to put like stuff in it. Like I'll put um, like the liquid IVs. I try to drink at least one of those a day because I don't drink enough. You need to drink a lot of water. So word of the day today, bad ass. Mm-hmm. A tough, uncompromising, and unintimidated person. 
Um, the quote we says, be strong when you are weak, be brave when you are scared, be humble when you are victorious, be a badass every day. And then another quote, it's better to be a lonely lion than a popular sheep. Hmm, think about that. And so then I wrote something on um, what is a badass? Um, and this was, I found this, uh, according to Kitty Couric, a badass woman stands up for herself, is confident, is not afraid to challenge the, um, heresy, the, um, patriarchy or conventional thinking, um, she says. I believe that being a badass has less to do with strength and more to do with internal fortitude. It's about being confident, self-reliant, pushing your limits and not letting anything stop us from accomplishing our goals. And I'm like, okay. So anyway, so that being said, if I say a real bad is, is it driven by values such as responsibility, justice, honor, courage, compassion, humility, integrity, and selflessness. A badass doesn't compromise their values for the sake of others' comfort. Badasses aren't superhuman. They excel at what they do because they don't waste time and energy on things they don't care about or things that they suck at. That's a big thing. Don't don't waste your time on things you're not good at. Waste, you know, do things that you're good at. Um, they know how to focus on what they want. This means not letting your focus get pulled away from where you want to go. They now they know how to say no to distractions and offers, especially when they're tempting. This is very important skill to learn, especially if you want to be a leader. Um, whatever you decide to pursue, the final step is putting everything you've got into achieving it. Laser focus and dogged pursuit of your goal will make you truly stand apart from the crowd like a true badass. Badasses are not, let me say it again, badasses are not admired because of what they are or where they came from. They are respected because of what they do and what they accomplish. They typically have average or slightly below average beginnings. Um, they aren't badass humans weren't born that way they're made through the challenges that they face in life in those they set for themselves they become icons badasses grow to see obstacles as opportunities to learn they see goals and they're willing to do just about anything to get there which is also a characteristic of a leader that's that's not to say, <laughs> excuse me, you should trample everybody in your path. You should be nice and be a source of inspiration. People who stand up for what's good and right despite the risks are true badasses. Um, Badassery isn't a quality that's easy to come by. It's earned by perseverance and struggle. It's granted only in the pursuit of a vision that's bigger than the person who is imagining it. So yes, you can learn to become a badass. It's a journey that you can begin right now. It's being your best self. So yeah, you can do it. Hi, Jimmy. Thank you, Bam Bam. I appreciate it. 
Um, anybody can be a badass. Don't, I mean, to be honest with you, I was none of those things that I wrote on that. It, it took me about two, two years ago, three years ago, when I started setting boundaries and thinking that my life, my life was more important than what other people had to do or say. And that being said, <laughs> that was hard because people end up leaving your life because you, you stand up for yourself and you do things and stuff like that. So it, that's a hard thing to go through too. But again, it makes you a stronger human. It just makes you a stronger human and you're able to get through things. And those struggles and those um, life challenges are what make you who you are and who you're able to help other people. Um, so don't, and that's another thing. Don't ever, ever, ever let somebody tell you to be quiet and not say what you've gone through because that <laughs> is what helps other people to be stronger. So yeah. Anyway, anyway, moving on now, that was the word of the day and our motivation. Now I'm um, sticking with that. Miss Hanny J sent me this, um, story about, uh, a, a young boy in, um, Texas who, um, was being bullied by other kids and he, and he was knocking on doors trying to find a friend and these neighbors, instead of not, you know, instead of taking the time and talking to him and finding out his story, um, they were, they raised money for him and you never know these poor kids nowadays, you know, you see him, I don't know if anybody else, um, has seen the video, but it's on TikTok and it's a boy. If you, um, if you Google bully boy, ask neighbors for help finding friends, it'll come up. He's wearing a little Jaws t-shirt and it says that he's knocked on the door and, um, his name is Shaden Walker. Um, and he asked, you know, they, they, I guess we're talking through the ring and, um, at first and they, uh, he just said he needed a friend that the only people that he knew, um, bullied him and that he really just needed a friend. He just really needed, if you watch the video, it's so, oh my gosh, your heart is just like, ah, so <laughs> it's just so sad, but, um, they were able to raise, uh, I don't know. I'm sure this is probably more by now, but 37 um, K uh, for him. And they're going to, it said that um, they wanted to, um, they're going to open up a PO box too, for people to if, write encouraging letters to Shaden is the little boy's name. Um, so they're going to do that. Um, Brennan and Angel Hammersmith are the neighbors who were the ones who talked to him and set it up, um, the GoFundMe for him. And I thought the last thing I read, they put a hold on it because they just had so much money. They wanted to make sure they were doing the right thing and that everything goes to this little boy. Um, yeah, it is so sad. God, you know, it, it, Aaron is going to be 30 years old. And I remember when he was, um, when he was in school and he was so young and his autism was really like you, it was there and kids were so mean. Oh my gosh, they were so mean. They were so mean that I ended up getting a volunteer job at the school so that I could see what the hell was going on um, with him. 
And uh, yeah, I can't even imagine nowadays how uh, they're just more mean. It's just, I don't know. We just need to be spread kindness. And if you see somebody hurting, you, you don't know how much it can help somebody. So thank you, Hanny, for sending me that story. I'm going to post it on the Dina Joe um, Facebook page um, for everybody to see. It's a really good story. And we're going to try to have something like that every Monday, something positive to get us going into, because there's so much, all you ever hear is hate, 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 hate. Everybody hates this person and hates that person. It's a bunch of crap. So we just need to show that there is love out there. And um, I appreciate you sharing that with me. I was like, oh my gosh, this little boy, it's just like, oh, all right. So we'll post that. Anyway, we're going to move on. And then Mr. Um, Yancey, he sends me from this sweet boy to what it, let's see. Thanks, Mike. Oh, he's talking to Mike. Um, Yancey sends me this, this um, whipped cream that's, uh, has vodka in it. And so it's, um, gosh, my ears are itching. Um, golly. Uh, the one that I found, it's actually um, Cardi B and it's whipped. There's, I don't know how they do it, but it's whipped cream and, you know, like a whipped cream can, but it has vodka in it. There's a mocha flavor, vanilla flavor, and a caramel flavor. Um, they're not cheap um, for, th I'm guessing, wait a minute. It's, it's gotta be for three of them. It says $44 and 99 cents whipped shots, vodka, and it shows all three of them, but it just says quantity one. Um, I can't imagine it's, it's, um, yeah, it's probably for three because down here, here, it says a full case of 12 cans, $179 and 99 cents. Holy hell. That's a lot of money for whipped cream. Um, yeah, I would be interested in trying it if they'd like to send me some, but yeah. Or making some, I told them I got to learn to make, cause that's kind of pricey. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Um, all right. So is that new Barbie movie? Is it out already? Um, because I, I, I only watch like two different channels. It's on streaming. So I found something and it says Burger King. Um, in it's not out here. It's where the hell is this one at? Um, Burger King um, in Brazil. Um, in Burger King in Brazil, because of the Barbie movie, they're making like a Barbie meal. Um, and it is, it doesn't look, the burger just doesn't look good because of the sauce. And I'm sure it's just regular sauce, but it's pink. It looks really gross. Um, so it says a fluffy brioche bun, a tall juicy meat, a slice of well-melted cheddar cheese, incredibly smoky pink sauce and crispy diced bacon. But that's not it. It also comes with, well, they're calling them kin fries, but they're, they said they're just regular fries. Um, a vanilla milkshake colored light pink with strawberry Nisquick finishes off the combo. Um, and it says, if you're health conscious, don't get this meal because on top of the straw is a donut frosted pink, of course. So that is the Barbie land Barbie meal that you can get. Um, in Brazil. Uh, so yeah, but I hear, hi, Mohammed. Welcome. Hi, Bella. Hi, Carter P. Um, I hear that movie is supposed to be really funny. 
Um, yeah, it's too much. First of all, it's way too much food. I, I couldn't, I just can't eat all that, but yeah, all of it. Mm, I don't know. But anyway, I hear the movie is supposed to be more on, um, the adult humor side. Um, not just for kids. It's supposed to be funny. Um, so I don't know. Um, I don't know that I'd pay to go see it at a movie theater, maybe at home or something, but yeah, not all that money. But anyway, a Barbie pink burger. It looks just gross. I think it's just the sauce. It looks disgusting. Okay. We went over the whipped sauces. Um, and then with all the different food, I was laughing. Um, let's see if it comes up. Barry Manilow. He, uh, I had no idea. I know he writes the songs, right? One <laughs> of the lyrics, he writes the songs. This, um, they were talking about all the jingles he he's done um, for different foods. Um, I was laughing. I had no idea. But then I kind of remember once you start hearing him, that's how he started off was, was doing jingles. Um, so let's see if, we, if it'll play some of them. Oh. Yep, and now look at him, right, Hanny? <laughs> I don't remember this. <laughs> Can you imagine going and paying for Barry Manila and he starts singing all the jingles? This is for Stridex. <laughs> Medicated face pad. Well, these aren't him. I don't know why they have him in there. Yeah, Dr. Pepper, this was the one in the article they were talking about. Was his first big one was the Dr. Pepper. It's the most original soft drink ever in the whole wide world. Dr. Pepper. And it was funny because the commercial um, that they were showing with the Dr. Pepper, it like shows him like dancing and singing on the table in this, in this um, uh, company where they're having a big meeting. What is it? Um, BP writes. He writes the songs that makes the whole world sing and the jingle that makes the people buy things. Yes, BP. 
You should be a jingle writer. So I guess he did Pepsi too. But Dan, he's done, um, you know, if I mute that, he's done a lot of different uh, jingles. So yeah, Barry Manilow, who knew? Um, oh, see, it goes into this darn car mode. I don't know why it does that. It freaks me out. That's a little bit of what's coming up. Disco today, guys. We're going to play some disco music in around uh, 20 minutes or so. So, yeah. Barry Manilow. We talked about him. Now we're going to talk about um, some of the things people eat. Now, you guys be honest with me. Tell me if you guys eat any weird sandwiches like this. Um, Neil Patrick Harris, he has... Um, his sandwich and he's actually married to a chef. I guess I didn't know that his husband, David Bertka is a chef. Um, so his sandwich that he likes is an English muffin with almond butter, <clears throat> jelly, and nacho cheese Doritos smushed on it in a sandwich. And that's his, that's the sandwich that he likes to eat. Um, do you guys, does anybody eat? Hi, Mama Bear. How are you? Um, Kermit, Kermit, how's it going? Do you guys eat anything weird like that? I remember my one son made like a peanut butter with pickles and um, I think maybe that was in a slice of cheese at one time, but he was like maybe four or five, you know? So I don't know. I couldn't say that I would eat anything, that I eat anything weird like that. I don't know. My stomach is just is a little too sensitive, I guess, to maybe that. I, I don't know. Would anybody, anybody in here? No. Kermit, Kermit, you have to have eaten something strange, a weird sandwich. Hi, Jack. Welcome. Good to see you. Um, so yeah, I don't have any weird ones, but I do have a list of weird sandwiches from the South. Um, since I was just in the South and I didn't even get a chance to talk about my vacation. It was really fun. Had a good time. It went by too quickly. Um, but, um, in the South, some of the weird sandwiches that they eat a lot of like butter or mayonnaise on stuff. Gross. Um, this sandwich, it says it's a Southern tomato sandwich, um, white bread, of course, mayonnaise, of course, tomatoes, salt and pepper, um, sprinkled on it generously. Um, and that's about it. I mean, it's not weird. I just don't like mayonnaise. This one is weird. Um, white bread, of course. And it's always the white bread that I just don't like white bread. Well, I mean, I like sourdough bread, but I don't like this, you know, that white bread, white bread, mayonnaise, wait for it. You guys, pineapple, sliced pineapple, and that's it squished together. And they said, sometimes they'll put cheese on it. No. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah, I know. Gross. I, you eat that? No. BP, you eat that too? You do not. I've seen... It's not weird. Kermit, do you eat that? BP, you do not eat... I cannot see BP. The stuff that you eat, <laughs> I cannot see you eating um, mayonnaise and cheese and 
pineapple. Mm -mm. Now this one I don't think is weird. They call it a funeral sandwich, I guess, because they bring it to funerals. But out of all of them so far, I would totally eat this one. It's just a Hawaiian roll, deli-sized ham, um, mustard and cheese. There's absolutely nothing weird about that. That one sounds um, actually kind of good. Put a, it's a Hawaiian pizza. What, what is, oh, the one with the pineapple. Yeah. But the mayonnaise, I just can't, I just, I don't know. It's just that mayonnaise, um, banana sandwich. We've all heard of that one before. I don't think that's terribly weird. The white bread, of course, peanut butter and sliced bananas. Um, I've actually done peanut butter and sliced bananas, but not on white bread, like on a bagel to it on a bagel for sure. Um, let's see if we can find another weird one, a sweet onion sandwich. Um, it looks all fancy. It, it, it looks like, um, they cut a circle out of white bread, of course, to cut off the rounds. I mean, the squares, you know what I mean? The, the crusty parts. And then, um, it's mayonnaise, in onions and then they rolled on um, the edges in um chopped parsley so it looks all fancy um so that is <laughs> sweet onion sandwich um hmm, i don't know maybe like the depression times that's why i just like pineapple with ice cream or a milkshake huh that sounds actually kind of good kermit that actually sounds kind of tasty um, I like when you can get a pineapple and it's fresh and then you can grill it and put a little uh, brown sugar on it. Just a little bit, not a lot. It's really good. Um, Hanny says, my grandpa used to eat onions like an apple. You know what? So did my, like my great grandpa did. Um, and I've heard of that before. Well, onions are really good for you. So um, isn't that funny? It was like that generation that did that kind of stuff. Um, we have, we have what? We have something here called Majun, Majun, Majun. All right. So moving on. Um, oh, fried bologna sandwich. Um, I don't think that's weird. I, that's, uh, and you know, what's funny is that was a girl that I grew up with. She was from Alabama and that was the first time I ever had a fried bologna sandwich. And that's the only way I'd eat it now. It's so you put it in a pan until it gets crispy and then put cheese on it. Oh, I think that's the only way to eat a bologna sandwich is to have it fried. So I don't think there's anything weird about that. Um, cucumber sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're all hoity-toity, right? Like you have to have your pinky out when you eat a cucumber sandwich. Um, there's not, I don't think there's anything weird about it. There's, um, especially if it's hot, it's probably really good, right? It's because of all the water in there. There's nothing weird about that one. Um, um, I've never heard of this one before, but I can totally see it. A grilled pimento cheese sandwich so that the cheese gets all melted. But it looks like there's some other stuff in there, like, I don't know if it's uh, bacon or tomato, um, but it looks like they have some other things in there. But uh, I don't know. I don't see that as totally bizarro. Um, Kentucky hot brown sandwich. Um, I've heard of that before. Uh, let's see if it says, oh, it's um, thinly sliced turkey breast. Um, a creamy Mornay sauce, which is a white sauce made of cheese. Um, crispy bacon, tomato, 
um, on a slice of toasted bread. There's nothing weird about that one either. I would totally try that. I don't think there's anything weird about that one. Um, I would also eat toast with butter and pineapple. Those are good. That sounds kind of good. So you really did eat, you really do eat mayonnaise and pineapple? I thought you were just totally pulling my leg, BP, because I see the stuff that you eat. And I'm like, wow, okay. Well, but you but you won't try that soup with that with that crocodile alligator leg coming out of it. <laughs> Did you guys see that post? I posted it finally. I finally posted it. But I'm like, no, that's so gross. Um, it was that soup I talked about. And it has a, like an alligator leg or a crocodile leg. One of the two coming out of the soup when they bring it to you. That's disgusting. All right. Um, Plano mayo sandwich. White bread with just mayo on it. Um, that sounds like it was kind of like a lot of these sound like they were back in the depression, like when they didn't have a lot of things and they came up with different ideas of way how to use it, uh, use different things like with whatever they had. This one, open face tomato sandwich. That's not weird. It's just what you have. Um, shrimp cake sandwich. Um, totally not weird. Not weird. I think the weirdest to me was, was the pineapple with mayo. And I, I'm just like, wow, I'm just kind of shocked that somebody's actually tried it and they like it. But I just have to get over the whole mayo thing. Thank you, Mike. Um, that's just me. I don't know. It's just, you know what it was growing up? I worked at Arby's roast beef Arby's and we would have to make coleslaw and they would make it in these very deep uh, bends, like they're probably knee deep and you would have to put your hand, you would have like, you would have these long gloves, you know, like the gloves that the vets would use when they, when they, when they give, uh, cows a exam, <laughs> one of those gloves, it goes up past your elbow. You put your hand and you had all this mayo and that's all you smell with mayo. You mixing up all this coleslaw stuff. Ugh, gross. I think that's why I just don't like it. Yeah, I can't do the coleslaw that I like. It has more of a um, lime. It has a little bit of mayo, but it has more lime. It's more tropical-y. So let's see what Kermit has to say. The base of it mixed with ice cream, banana, dates, nuts, pistachios, milk, pineapple, cinnamon, and cocoa powder. That sounds really good. What is that, Kermit? Oh, my, I got to go look up here. Kermit ever had... Oh, Mike and your warm milk. You know what, Mike? You're going to start talking like that again. You, you're going to get, you're going to have to drink some of that warm mustard milk. Gross. Um, yeah, that's gross. Oh, that's what the, ma ma how do you, Majun? Majun? That sounds really good. It sounds way better than what Mike's talking about. <laughs> For sure. Sounds way better. So those were the weird sandwiches. Um, we talked about Mr. Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, let me see. I had um, a couple food facts for the day. Yeah, we went through all of those. That was kind of gross. And Kim Kardashian, I have her on here. She's on everything, it seems like. And it, even in food now, I don't understand. Um, so... 
the food fact. In Cambodia, did you know you can actually buy pizzas with marijuana as a topping? It's called a happy pizza. <laughs> Go figure. Um, and then another um, food fact that I have is after saffron, vanilla is the second most expensive spice in the world. In 2017, one kilo of black vanilla pods cost up to $600. Saffron on the average can cost up to $5,000. And remember, do not get the imitation vanilla with that castorium. <laughs> castorium, is that how you, let me write. Um, I don't know how to spell it. Because remember, it's beaver butt juice. You don't want that. <laughs> um, let me Google it real quick. Oh, it heard me. It hurt. God, these computers. Maybe. Um Okay, just tell me what it's called. It's castorium. Yeah, castorium. Um, C-A-S-T-O-R-E-U-M. So if you see that on the jar of your vanilla, don't buy it. Buy something else. It's preferably something a little bit more. Stuff that costs more isn't going to have that beaver butt juice in there. And um, you don't want that. Did you think of all these years I was using that kind of stuff? And it's like, oh, no, that's so gross. So, yeah, buy the, buy the stuff that costs a little bit more so you don't get that yuckiness. And did you know that the Pringles mascot has a name? You know that little guy with the mustache? He, he has a name. It's Julius. Julius Pringles. Did you know? Mm -hmm. There you go. Um, and then the last thing I have, and then we'll do some music. Um, like I was telling you, I, one of the websites that I go to and get a lot of my food information, but then I, you see Kim Kardashian's face up there. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm just being a hater, but she's, I guess now doing, um, Kim aid, Kim aid, is what it's called a Kim aid energy drink. And she also has chonies too. Those are underwear. She has underwear. I've been seeing that commercial. It's been on, um, skims. I think they're called skims like Kim's, but with an S in the front of them skims. And so now she has Kim aid energy drink, um, flavor collab with Alani new. I have no idea who that is. Um, but I guess that's the new thing. It's coming out, everybody. If you are all into that, um, Kim aid, uh, it says it will be a bright pink can featuring a cartoonish light letters and will have the flavor similar to strawberry lemonade. Um, yeah, nah, I'll pass. I'll pass. I, I just, I know she did. I mean, I kind of want to give her props because I mean, I saw kind of in the beginning how she started, but she also had a lot of help from her family, but I don't know. She just, she just bugs me sometimes. She just gets on my nerves. I don't know why I'll stop there. We're going to move on. We're going to start with, oh, we're just going to, because Dina's not being nice. She needs to be nice, right? <laughs> be nice, Dina. <laughs> We're going to start with music. And I'm going to do uh, disco today. This is the dance party. I thought about BP. Dancing around, getting ready for the day. 
what do you say? Kim Sai used the energy to fight off a crazy ex. <laughs> now, I don't know. She's kind of crazy herself. She's kind of crazy herself. They're all crazy. All right, so we're going to start out the disco dance party with a little bit of um, Celebration. Celebration is a 1980s song by American band Cool in the Gang, released as the first single from their 12th album. It was the band's first and only single to reach the number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. Co-founder Ronald Bell, the group's saxophonist and musical arranger, explained the origin of the song. Um, he says, the initial idea came from the Quran. Um, I was reading a passage where God was creating Adam and the angels were celebrating and singing praises. That inspired me to write the basic chords in the line, everyone around the world, come on, celebration. celebration. In 2016, Celebration was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fames. In 2021, the Library of Congress selected Celebration for preservation in the National Recording Registry for being culturally, historically, authentically significant. Oh, I should do a list of all of those that are in there. See what's in there. Um, here we go. Cool and Gang Celebration. Thank you, Kermit. Um, you know what the Kardashians? I don't know. I think they might be. I have no idea. Let's let's see. Thank you, Mike. Oh, Kermit, it says that it ended in 2021, I guess. I had no idea. I thought it was still on. <laughs> Thank you, Yancey. celebrates in 1980. All right, we're going to move on to a little bit of Bee Gees with Staying Alive. Um, it was released in 1977 as the second single from Saturday Night Fever soundtrack, Saturday Night Fever. It is one of the Bee Gees' um, signature songs. It was um Let's see. It climbed the charts and hit number one spot on the Billboard Hot 100 
the week of February 4th, 1978, remaining there for four consecutive weeks. Um, consequently, it became one of the band's most recognizable tunes, um, partly because it appeared in the opening credits um, for Saturday Night Fever. In the United States, it would become the second of six consecutive number one singles, trying the record of the Beatles for the most consecutive number ones in the United States at the same time. A record broken then by Whitney Houston, who achieved seven consecutive number ones. So here are the Bee Gees Staying Alive. <laughs> I can just see John Travolta walk strutting. Oh, we're glad to have you, Carmen. Yes, follow Miss Hanny J. Click on her little profile because she's on a podcast um, tonight at 7.30 Eastern Time. Um, she's on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I'm on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday in the morning. She's on at night on the Joe Antonio Show. That's what you'll be looking for. Jesus staying alive off the album Saturday Night Fever. And where was it Joe's show? Um uh BP that you were talking about, Greece? Or which show were you? No, 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 no. Um it wasn't Joe's show. It was um Stewie's show, and you were talking about Greece, and he was talking about how he didn't like Greece. I was like, what? Don't like Grease. How do you not like Grease? I love Grease, the movie. It was great. Oh my dang. You didn't like it. I liked it. I like that movie. Um, I don't like the the second one, but I like the first one. All right, we're gonna move on. We are family. Yes, we are. Um, Sister Sledge uh, was the first song that Niall Rogers and Bernard Edwards wrote for any act other than their own band, Chic. Atlantic Record President Jerry L. Greensburg wanted the pair to write and produce for other acts on the label. Roger and Edwards did not feel confident enough to work with big established recording artists and performers. Um, they also felt that if they worked as Greenberg had suggested, credit um, for a hit would just go to the established people 
and Roger and Edwards would not gain popular notice as a singer, I mean, as songwriters and producers. So the pair suggested that they write and produce a song for labels least established acts. If they got a big record hit, then they would um, could take the charge of writing for someone bigger. We Are Family went gold, becoming number one um, R&B and number two pop song on the American charts in 1979, right behind Hot Stuff by Donna Summers. In 2017, the song was selected for the perseverance of the National Record Registry of the Library of Congress. Again, um, here is Sister Sledge, We Are Family. Welcome, my dads. Welcome. Welcome, E-I-G-T-F-Q-J-E. Oh, we are family? BP? That's interesting. That's cool. Good trivia. I think we are family here. Us guys. Right, Annie? You know what I'm talking about. Album we are family in 1979. Um, hey BP or anybody else out there, do you have um fireflies where you're at, BP? See, I know um I didn't know Mike does where he's at because he filmed something and sent it to me and it was really cool, but I just didn't know if you had them where you're at. I like fireflies, I think they're cool. Um, all right, we're gonna move on to ABBA Dancing Queen. Um, this was written by ABBA's members, Bjorn whatever his last name, and Benny Anderson. According to Ava's official site, it was conceived as a dance song with the working title, Boogalooga. Boogaloo, Boogaloo, 
Boogaloo. Um, they drew inspiration from the 1974 George McRae disco hit, Rock Your Baby, and from the drumming on the 1972 album Gumbo by Dr. John. Their manager, Stig Anderson, came up with the title Dancing Queen, and after seven several months working on the track, came up with arguably the world's first Europop disco hit. Abbas recorded this about a year before it was released. It was written and recorded around the same time as Fernando, which was Fernando was chosen over um, Dancing Queen as the single. Um, they knew Dancing Queen would also be a hit, so they held it back um, until the album was released before issuing it as a single. So here um, is Abba with Dancing Queen. Like we need to be on roller skates. You too, Bam Bam. Get those roller skates out. <laughs> oh, you have them out there? Oh, I love them. Lightning bugs. I wonder if they are more in places where it's humid, it seems like. dancing and singing right now are you because you're alone right now aren't you usually alone in the office the first thing i'd be totally dancing <laughs> you see <laughs> that's a good way to start your day good way to start your day it's a little abba dancing queen off the album arrival 1976 all right, we're just going to keep on dancing. Oh, this next one. <laughs> uh, we're going to do a little Commodores with Brick House. Um, the song shows the funky side of the Commodores, who could switch between up-tempo R&B and easy listening by swapping singers. Um, Brick House was sung by their drummer, Walter 
orange with Lionel Richie on saxophone. Um, their softer songs like Easy and Three Times a Lady used Richie on the lead vocals. At one point, the woman in this song is described as 36, 24, 36. These very shapely measurements have often appeared in songs. They were used a year earlier on um, ACDC's Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap, and The Shadows released a song called 36, 24, 36 in 1961. In 1959, a movie, A Private Affair, featured a musical number where three guys sing, sing the praises of these measurements in another song, why these measurements are in the title. Why is the woman 36, 24, 36? In our interview with the founding member, Thomas McClary, he explains, we got these measurements out of a jet magazine, a model that was modeling um, swimwear. All right, there you go. Here's the Commodore's Brick House. funky music. Um, Wild Cherry's frontman, Rob Parsi, wanted to write a hit song, and his plan was to copy from the best. He subscribed to Billboard magazine, which charted the hit songs. When it arrived each week, he would pick out a song or two to copy, making it just a, a not different enough to avoid getting sued. Um, after some time doing this, he wrote the one that became the number one hit. The song he copied was Fire by o um, the Ohio Players. Um, it says, listen especially to the bass line and the vocal styles. And I hope that that, yes, it did come on here. Good. 
um, the vocal stylings, it says. Um, the single hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 on September 18, 1976. It would also um, was number one on the Billboard Hot Soul Singles Chart. Um, it was certified platinum by the Record Industry Association um, of America for shipments of over 2 million. So let's see. Here is played out funky music. hear it. I can hear it. All right, so that is Fire by the Ohio Players. That's the one they copied. I can totally hear it. All right, we're going to go back to the list. Um, the next one I have uh, for our disco dance party is going to be That's the Way I Like It, Casey and the Sunshine Band. It was the second of an astounding five U.S. number one hits for Casey and the Sunshine Band. Like all their other hits, it was written by their bass player producer, Rick Finch, and frontman Harry Wayne Casey. Um, this was originally recorded in a more suggestive manner 
by um, Casey and the Sunshine Band before lead singer Harry Wayne Casey toned down the uh-huhs, making them um, sound like cries of jubilation instead of moans of pleasure. <laughs> in the song, in the interview with Casey, he explained that the um, there's Tres Risque French song, um, J to me, whatever that means, by Jane Bird and Sergio, um, Sergio Gernsberg gave him the idea to make the uh-huhs rather than the sexual moaning sounds he did. He said it was a bit overboard. So yeah, Casey and the Sunshine Bear. Here they are. That's the way I like it. Thank you, Yancey. Can you imagine him moaning? <laughs> I would think they'd have to slow it down a little bit. And you have to have your shirt all the way buttoned down to your belly button. <laughs> that is That's the Way I Like It by Casey and the Sunshine Band off the album Casey and the Sunshine Band in 1975. Now I have to Google it and see how many times he says that. All right, we're going to move on while I look that up um, to... Funky Town by Lips um, Inc. And it's, it's, and I never knew this. I keep saying Lips Inc. And it's actually supposed to be Lip Sync. That's how you're supposed to pronounce it. I had no idea. The Funky Down in New York City um, is New York City. A songwriter and producer named Stephen Greensboro wrote the song when he came bored with Minneapolis and wanted to move to New York City, which he called Funky Town. Lip Sync um, was formed um, especially for this song. The vocals were by Cynthia Johnson, who was the Miss Black Minnesota in 1976. The group continued to record until 1985, with the changing lineup, but they failed to see the success they had with their first hit. Um, and then it was covered 
<laughs> by Alvin and the Chipmunks. Um, the song returned to the Billboard Hot 100 in 2008, reaching number 86. The Chipmunks version features the 2007 Alvin and the Chipmunks. It was visited in that film. So, okay, first we're going to we'll play a little bit of, where are they? I know Alvin and his Chipmunks are in here. Oh, here they are. <laughs> I had no idea it was lip sync. <laughs> I wonder um, if uh, somebody know we now could make do an Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh, you did? Okay, let me check my phone. Thank you, BP. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Pseudo echo, that sounds familiar. Okay, we're gonna turn these guys. Okay, this is what BP just sent me. Pseudo Echo. these guys what was that what is that instrument it's like a piano but it's a guitar <laughs> is that a guitar is that what it's called Guitarist, yeah, I can play the guitar. All right, well, that is pseudo echo with Funky Down. Now, here is Lip Sync with Funky Down, three different versions. Wow. Right. Those aren't very popular anymore, are they? It's interesting because it's just that it's like the piano. Now I'm trying to remember back at the video. Was he doing something with both hands like a guitar player? I had to look back at the video. 
interesting. <laughs> well, I think I like the lip sync. Yeah, all of that funky town we had there. Alvin and the Chipmunks, Pseudo Echo, Lip Sync, Funky Town. We are going to move on. We're going to move on to the YMCA. We're going to do a little hand movement, get up there, dance, YMCA. In 1977, producers Jacques Morali and Henry Bilalo assembled a group designed to attract gay audiences while parodying, some claim exploiting, um, that same um, stereotypes. Um, so yeah, but both ways people didn't like it. A common misconception was that the village people were all gay. Um, lead singer Victor Willis was not. In fact, in 1978 to 82, he was actually married to Felicia um, Ayers Allen. She, Claire Huxtable lady on the um, Cosby show. He was actually married to her. And then later married... Um, she married Ahmad Rashad. Um, Henry Balalo was not gay, but Jacqueline Morali was, and the image conformed to his vision. The gay stereotype roles played well to the LGBT community associated with disco at the time. But looking back, it's kind of ridiculous to think that discos were a gay thing. Nobody was having suspicious uh, suspicions of, let's say, John Travolta because he was um, also in that during that time. It says the disco scene and the village people were welcoming to all. All right, there's nothing wrong with that. The village people here they are. YMCA. Yancy. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. Yes, you did. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Oh no! you guys <laughs> the village was out of jeffrey Dahmer. is that who you're saying oh no <laughs> the first languages song 
Hi, Parveen. Good to see you. <laughs> that is the YMCA Village People off the album Cruising in 1978. <sighs> yes. <laughs> We're going to move on to the best of my love by the emotions. Um, this upbeat disco song was the U.S. number one hit for five weeks at the time, a record for a, um, it was a record for a female group. It was written by Earth, Wind and Fire's member Al McKay and Maurice White and also produced by White. For White, writing the song was a way of expressing a positive feeling in a style much better suited for the emotions than for his band. White says that he would have never written the song for Earth, Wind, and Fire. All right. This won the 1977 Grammy Award for Best Rhythm and Blues Vocal Performance by a Group. Here is the emotions with Dust of My Love. and Hanny are dancing. Yes, please stretch first. Don't pull anything. We don't need you, we don't need you pulling anything. Emotions with Best of My Love off the album Best of My Love, The Best of the Emotions, 1977. All right, we're going to move on to the writers of the song Earth, Wind, and Fire with their song September. Um, the song has a tendency to make people 
happy when they hear it. Um, Allie Willis, who wrote the song with Maurice White and Allie McKay of Earth, Wind & Fire, describes it as joyful music. It was the first song Willis wrote with the band in quite a learning experience. She says their stuff was very much based on Eastern philosophies, an incredibly positive outlook on life. The lyrical content of their songs was not typical of what would have been in soul music at the time. So when I left the studio that first day, Maurice gave me the name of a book and it was called The Greatest Salesman in the World. And he sent me to um, the store called Bodhi Tree, which is a very spiritual bookstore here in LA. Um, I got that and a bunch of other books that the saleswoman um, said was that philosophy. And I went from being very simple experience turned into, for me, an incredibly complex experience. Okay, so it went to number one in the U.S. on the Billboard Hot R&B songs chart and number eight on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. Here they are, Earth, Wind, and Fire, September. I would agree. It's a new song. It's a great song. And uh, there's nine guys in this band. It's just they're all so talented. It's needed everything. It's just great. From the horns, everything. It's kind of like they don't make, you know, they don't have that kind of talent put together anymore. September off the album, The Best of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Great, great song. We're going to move on to Ring My Bell. I remember this song. Oh my gosh. I remember my mom's like, you can't sing that song. It's about sex. I was like, oh my gosh. So Anita Ward, that's too funny. Makes me laugh. Um, back when telephones actually had bells, if you asked someone to ring my bell, it meant to give that person a call 
It referred to getting down and dirty in the bedroom. <laughs> the lyrics implied the latter. And Anita Ward telling her man the night is young and full of possibilities and letting him know he can ring her bell. In the opening line, she says, I'm glad you're home. So what you, um, you need to call her, right? Despite the evidence, Ward has always stayed on script and denying there's any sexual condemnation in the song. I've had people ask me many times, what does the song really mean? And of course, she says, whatever you want it to mean. Ah, oh, they always say that. Here's Anita Ward. Ring my bell. <laughs> Fifi, hi Fifi. Anita Ward with Ring My Bell, and it is off of the Songs of Love in 1979. All right, Anita, we need to turn you off so we can end with a little Michael Jackson, Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. Um, to this point, Michael Jackson had recorded four number one hits with the Jackson 5 and one as a solo artist. That was Ben in 1972 about his pet rat. Um, but this was the first chart topper he wrote himself. Quincy Joan, who produced the album, encouraged Jackson to write his own songs and the young singer quickly developed a talent for composition. Jackson wrote or co-wrote nine more number one hits in his career, including We Are the World. It remained at number one for six weeks on the Billboard Soul Singles Chart. It is certified five times platinum by the Record Industry Association of America. Here is Mr. Michael Jackson. Don't stop till you get enough. You know, I was, I was wondering if the force has got a lot of power in it. It makes me feel like it. It makes me feel like that. It is, DP. It's a great album. Off the wall.
I know, isn't it funny to watch the videos back then compared to now? <laughs> I agree. We'll go out with a little Michael Jackson off the album Off the Wall 1979. <laughs> So, I will leave you like I always leave you guys with a little, let's see if I can get it in here. <laughs> Be the reason someone smiles today. Let your smile change the world, but don't let the world change your smile. Thank you guys so much for um, your love and support. I appreciate it more than the world. I really do. Um, it, it fills my heart every Monday and Wednesday and Friday. I need it. And I appreciate you guys giving it to me. Oh, thank you, Bam Bam. Um, it really makes me, oh, see, you guys see those kind words. I, I try to be like that for you guys. And I hope I can. And thank you so, so much for them. It just, oh, it makes me happy. And it just makes me happy. Thank you, Yancy. Thank you, Hanny. Thank you, BP. Thank you, Bam Bam, Mike. Um, you guys are the best. I love you guys. Um, again, don't forget to click on Miss Hanny J so you can um go to Joe Antonio show and um see her. Also, Yancy, um, click on him so you can check out WKOP, the wrong kind of podcast. Um, I love those guys. I like listening to them while I walk. Walk and listen to them. So, yeah, give them all a listen. And um, thank you, guys. Have a good rest of your day. And I will see you around this. Where did all my music go? There it is. See around this pod bean place. Be careful out there. You guys, watch your back. Love you. Bye.